0: Seamus, The Case of the Thieves and Brigands, Part 6, The Guy on the Flyer, is based on the book The Great Taxicab Robbery by James H. Collins.
1: The afternoon heat made the smells in the alley behind the mall ripe enough for me to want to avoid it. The carjacking had nothing to do with my paying client's case. Despite the smell and the fact that I was working another case... I wanted to take another look at the carjacking scene. I wasn't able to when I found Wings. The cops were all gone now. All that remained was the aroma of spoiled food and MSG. I walked the length of the alley looking for Sal. He was gone. I went back to the carjacking site. No shots were fired, so there wouldn't have been any shell casings. There wasn't any way you could distinguish tire tracks as broken up as the asphalt was. With the dumpsters lining the size of the alley, it was just wide enough for a mid-sized delivery vehicle to make its way from one end or the other, not big enough for two. There were three wooden utility poles, two anchored at the end of the alleyway, and one was at the midpoint. All of them were covered by layers of flyers as high as a man could reach. The building that backed the other side appeared to house only two businesses, a roofing contractor and a free clinic. The clinic had a back entrance in the alley and the roofing contractor, At a couple of garage doors. The Uber passenger had been the target. Wings was collateral damage. The driver was lucky. The thieves had disappeared, leaving the car. They must have had another car waiting for them. I took some pictures with my phone, walked around to the front entrance of the roofing company. After my eyes adjusted to the change in lighting, I noticed the receptionist. She seemed familiar. Her long blonde hair cascaded over her shoulders in the off-shoulder top she was wearing Betrayed no tan lines. Her lips were a startling pink. She looked up at me. I stuck with my cover story. I was wondering if you could help me. My name is Hunter James. I'm a private detective. I'm looking into the carjacking that happened in the alley out back. I was wondering if anyone had seen or heard anything unusual. Her pink lips momentarily parted. She pulled back her hair and let it fall from her hand.
2: Carjacking. When did this happen?
1: You didn't know there was a carjacking in the alley? The police didn't come in and ask questions?
2: No police talked to me. I don't ever go back out to that nasty alley anyway. I sit here and park over there.
1: She extended a hand with pink nail polish toward the parking lot. Her bracelets clinked on her arm.
2: The guys in the shop are in and out of that alley, but they are all out on jobs right now. You can talk to them when they get back. If it happened during business hours, they probably didn't know about it either. They are usually out. The boss works from home. I hardly ever see him.
1: When will they get back?
2: They come wandering back in around five, but it really depends on the job.
1: Could you give them my card and tell them I'd like to talk to them? If you remember anything out of the ordinary, give me a call. She reached for my card.
2: Honestly, I don't think they know any more than I do.
1: I wandered along the front of the building and stopped in at the free clinic. The nameplate on the reception desk said, Hassan Saxton. The waiting room was full. I gave Hassan the story about investigating the carjacking.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah. We got called on that because it was literally on our back door. Don't think anyone here saw anything while it was happening. Uh, Those two guys got beat up pretty bad. Uh, One of the docs said it was odd that they didn't beat up on the driver as well. Uh, Probably needed to leave and just knocked him out. The police didn't seem to think anything about it at the time.
1: I looked around. The dingy reception room was full. People were sitting on an assortment of folding and plastic chairs in a variety of colors. A plant struggled to survive, in a planter in front of the window. A man with a rag wrapped around his hand walked in the door. While Hassan was distracted with checking the man in, I walked around. I could see down a hallway that ran from the waiting room to the back door. Does anyone use the back entrance?
3: Well, the, the, the staff has a private parking lot back there. Door is locked, so you need a key to get in that way.
1: Mind if I take a look?
3: Oh, oh, no, 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 no can not do, buddy. You're not a cop. This is a clinic. It does, doesn't matter if it's a free clinic. The patients have a right to privacy. You can't just go walking around.
1: I left him my card and walked outside. The sky was clouding up, getting ready to rain. I moved around to take a look at the staff parking lot, tried the back door to the clinic. Locked. I moved down the alley and tried to lift the garage doors at the roofing company. They were locked as well. No windows. Hello? Mr. James? Yes?
2: I don't know if you remember me. I'm a nurse at the Baptist. My name is Joy. The doctor wanted me to call you because your name is in the chart as a point of contact for George Bailey.
1: Yeah, yeah, I remember you. Is he okay?
2: Mr. Bailey has improved. The doctor asked me to call you and tell you that he is awake.
1: Can I see him?
2: Yes, visiting hours are until 8.
1: I still needed to finish checking in with the rest of the businesses. It was still pretty early in the afternoon. I figured I could swing by Baptist and check on wings and still get back before the stores all closed. The coffee shop, the laundromat, the free clinic, and that Thai place stayed open the longest. That left the coffee shop. I could finish off the day with a cup of coffee. <laughs> I hope they actually had some coffee. Mrs. Fisher's case was done, but I haven't been able to move the Casas case along. Wings may know something. Wings wasn't in ICU anymore. They had moved into a regular room. I got the room number from the front desk and made my way upstairs. No one was at the nurse's station, so I leaned on the counter and waited. Pretty soon, a nurse showed up.
2: Can I help you?
1: Yeah, I'm the guy who found those carjacking victims. I'd like to know how they're doing.
2: <gasps> oh, thank you for doing that. Mr. Costa would certainly be dead if you hadn't called when you did. Mr. Costa is stable, but has not yet regained consciousness. Mr. Bailey is out of danger. I think we are going to be releasing him soon. Mr. Schmidt went home this morning.
1: Thanks. I gave her my best smile.
2: Mr. Bailey is the only one that hasn't had any real visitors. The police were in. They talked with both Mr. Bailey and Mr. Schmidt. They didn't spend too much time here. Joy told me that you put yourself down as a contact person for Mr. Bailey. That was kind of you. These poor homeless guys are often friendless.
1: She consulted a computer monitor.
2: Wilson is his nurse. He will have a little more information on his condition.
1: I thanked her. What the nurse didn't know was that unlike most homeless people, Wings liked being homeless. If he were someplace it was cold, it might be different, but here on the Gulf Coast, he thrived. The nurse also didn't know that he had friends here. Hospitals weren't happy places. At least Wings was getting three meals a day and getting taken care of. I knew that the hospital would be compensated for his stay from the state or federal government, but it wouldn't cover a long-term stay. I figured that when he got out, I'd take him to my house until he got stronger. Wings was still hooked up to monitors. He looked like hell. His face was purple, and he looked more frail than usual. When I walked into the room, his eyes snapped open. He managed a small grin around his bandages.
3: Well, if it ain't Sherlock. Got yourself a nice gig here, pretty nurses taking care of you. (laughs) Not all that pretty, and his name's Wilson. (laughs) Hey, are you up to talking? Sure, if you don't mind if I ramble a bit. Wilson is still giving me the... Good painkillers.
1: And you don't think he's pretty when he's treating you so well. What makes you think you don't ramble all the time?
3: Nice. I'm in bad shape because of you, and you're disrespecting me.
1: That stung. I guess I deserved it. Sorry, buddy. I'm listening.
3: You better be. I bought you some cookies. Did you now?
1: He glanced at the bag I was carrying.
3: You don't have anything a little stronger in that bag, do you? Sorry, Wings.
1: I don't think Wilson would approve.
3: What Wilson doesn't know. Am I right? Well, give me the cookies. Ouch!
1: I waited for him to try to eat one of the cookies. He wasn't able to chew so well. He finally gave up and set them aside.
3: You see anything interesting
1: at that mall?
3: Don't have much to tell you, though. Didn't see anything that unusual. I was setting up housekeeping in the alley because it was sort of protected from the elements and didn't draw too much foot traffic. There was this dark sedan already parked there. It wasn't locked, but Sal seemed to think that we shouldn't mess with it. When I asked him what was up, he pointed to the cameras.
1: Cameras? I didn't see any cameras.
3: So, who's the real detective here? Not you. (laughs) Mm, You wouldn't have... They're pretty well hidden and don't jump out at you. I didn't spot them at first either. Go back and look hard for them. You'll see them plain as the dumb look in your face right now. Other than that, nothing to see there. But I didn't have a chance to really surveil the area. Those guys came screeching up behind the black car and saw high tailed it out of there. There were three guys in the back seat. One jumped out immediately and ran through the black car and got it going. The other one was going through the unconscious guy's clothes. Two guys were in the front. The guy in the back seat finished going through the guy's pockets and jumped out. That's when he spotted me. I don't remember much else. I did see the driver get out and look over at me while I was getting pounded. If I were him, I would have ran. I've been nosing around all day, and I don't have any leads at all. Amateur? The cops were right before you got here. They weren't that interested in in what I had to say. I didn't tell them everything. What's that? I didn't tell them about the flyer. Did I still have that flyer in my hand when you found me? Yeah. That guy that beat me up and probably beat up the guy in the back seat of Uber?
1: Wings winked at me and tried to smile again.
3: You're gonna love this. Well, Einstein, just in case you're as slow as I think you are and don't recognize a clue, the guy on the flyer? was the guy who pounded me.
0: Thank you for listening to Seamus. If you liked this episode of Seamus, please leave a review and tell your friends. This has been Seamus, The Case of the Thieves and Brigands, Part 6, The Guy on the Flyer, and is based on the book The Great Taxi Cab Robbery... By James H. Collins Hunter James, the private eye, was played by Sheldon Bird Kimberly Goodridge, the roofing company's secretary, was played by Kathy Counts Hassan Saxton, the free clinic intake person, was played by Nick Yamateo The nurse physician's assistant was played by Kathy Counts Nurse Joy was played by Caddy Sharp Wings was played by Michael Rowe I'm Leslie Woodruff This episode of Seamus was written by Max Reese and directed by Gene Phillips Seamus is a New Meadows Media production All rights reserved